Well, we're in uh, our third week within our, our biggest series that we're doing, which is the call to be a disciple, having a look at some of the um, apostles and disciples and people around Jesus in the early church and having a look at some of those characteristics of those people and what was special about them and how they can talk to us about our following of Jesus Christ, our discipleship and what it means to follow Jesus Christ with all of our heart and soul and mind. Just to quickly recap, in our first week we had a look at um, Simon, who was called later on called by Peter, um, and the importance of actually being called by God to come into ministry and how he was called into ministry of Jesus and, and for the whole of the church. Last week we had a look at um, Andrew, and his heart to be an evangelist and going out and, and bringing people back to Jesus Christ. This week I'm going to actually focus upon one of the, other, uh, one of the first disciples, one of those four first disciples to be called um, by Jesus. And this week I'm actually going to be focusing on James, one of the sons of Zebedee. Um, there were two, two brothers that were out fishing, um, but James is... He, just to give you a little kind of overview of who James the Apostle was, James was a pretty, um, pretty fiery kind of apostle. Um, he was always written in the Bible together with his brother. So it was James and John. Uh, they came together as a kind of package deal, more, more or less. Um, he was ambitious, he was passionate, he was devoted to Jesus. James leaves everything behind to follow Jesus. He even leaves behind his family business. Now, um, the family business, the Zebedee fishing family business, isn't that a great name, isn't it? You know? um, so you see James and John, the, 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 the sons of Zebedee, so that's, that's a dad. Um, you've got to actually understand that that business they had was actually quite successful. It was successful enough not only to support their family, because most, you know, going back in the time, most think businesses people would do would be they would fish for enough to feed themselves and their family, maybe a bit of their extended family and stuff. But obviously the business that they were in was successful enough that they actually, they actually hired people to work for them, employed people. So if we had a look at Mark chapter 1, verse 20, it says this, and he called them, that, that, is, um, that is James and John, that is Jesus calling them at once, and they also followed him and leaving their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men. So they're in this boat, leaving them behind the dad. Obviously they were, well, you know, their business was good enough to hire another pe other people to help them out. And this is what James leaves. Now, one of the other things is that we, we also know that James is, is always mentioned before John. Now, whether that's just grammar um, or whether that's actually signifying that James is the older of the brothers, being the older coming first in the, in the naming scheme of things, and therefore the heir to the family business. So you just got to kind of understand that. James is leaving the family business behind to go and follow Jesus Christ, just to go and wander around with Jesus, make, being fish, making them being fishers of men. In other words, going out and 
bringing people to Jesus Christ, getting them close to, to God, being a disciple. James immediately drops everything, leaves his father and follows Jesus. And his brother John comes along as well. Just so that you know this, um, James is not the one who wrote the book of James, just so you kind of get that in mind. You know, that's probably most likely to be Jesus' brother. Um, but what I want to do is I want, to, I want us today to focus upon um, some characteristics of James that are common characteristics um, for us today as well. And it can actually really help us. Uh, first of all, I want to actually, I want us to know that James was actually really full of ambition. He was really an ambitious, I want to say young man, but let's just say man. He was a really ambitious man. But before we go too far and looking into James and ambition, what areas in your life are you ambitious in? What are you ambitious in within your life? Is it work? Do you know, are you ambitious at work? Are you ambitious in your family life? Are you ambitious in your leisure time and the things you like to do for your, your own self? Uh, are you ambitious in love? Are you ambitious in finance? You know, the list could go on. What areas are you ambitious in? It's a good question. Where are you ambitious? Now, I want to give you a little bit of kind of just break it down for you a little bit more. Sometimes we get confused that um, between our hopes and our ambitions. Often we are hopeful for things and hope is our desire for something to happen. It's also, you know, you combine that with a little bit of anticipation that's going to happen and that's, that's our hopes and desires and anticipation of things happening. In contrast, ambition is the desire for the achievement or the distinction to be combined with a willingness to actually strive to make it happen. Can you see the difference there? Hope is, I hope, you know, so, so if we go talking about our, you know, we, we have hopes for our family. I hope our family is going to be great, you know, and you've got this desire for it to, to be great and, and to do well. Ambition is you're going to do things to make your family great. Can you see the difference? Uh, ambition has a sense of you needing to actively be involved. Generally speaking, ambition is a little bit more... Uh, self-referential, in other words, it's to directed towards yourself and, and self-reliant than hope. You know, hope allows other people to be involved and ambition tends to be about you and what you can achieve. Interestingly, the, the, the opposite of hope is fear. You know, you know if, you, if you're hoping for something, you want something to happen, the opposite of that is fear. Um, the opposite of ambition is just a lack of ambition, really, isn't it? So kind of, well, we could almost go a bit lazy, couldn't you? But, you know, but it's, it is a lack of ambition. Now, how many people hope for a good job? You know, and a few of us, you know, hope that you've got a good job. But see, the interesting thing is the truly ambitious person will actively work for that job, won't they? They'll be bettering their education. They'll be putting in the hours to make it happen. 
they'll be seeking promotions, they'll be, they'll be making it so that, that they are more successful at getting that better job. The ambitious person hunts after the good job, whereas the hopeful person goes, well, I hope I get a good job and I think I've done enough and I just hope it falls in my lap. Where an ambitious person will go and do and find it. <coughs> what about you in your family life? Let's just think about our families for a moment. A hopeful person will just think we're going to have a good, good family and hope for the best. And whereas an ambitious person around their, their family life is, is going to go, well, I've got to work at it. We've got to make the tough choices. We've got to go and, and put in the time. We've got to make sure that, that we, we come together for things and we've got to make sure that what we do is, is beneficial for the family, not just hope that it's going to happen and, and trust other people are going to get involved. The ambitious person is going to make it happen within there. So let's just jump in and, and, and let's, let's, let's hear from, from the Bible. We're going to hear from Matthew's Gospel, um, chapter 20, uh, verses 23 to 23. We'll put it up on the screens for us. So. And then, and <coughs> excuse me. Then the mother of James and John, notice, notice how they come together as a package deal. The mother of James and John, so the, the, the wife of Zebedee, um, the sons of Zebedee came to Jesus with her sons. She knelt respectfully to ask a favour. What is your request, he asked. That is Jesus asking this. She replied, in your kingdom, please let my two sons sit in places of honour next to you, one on your right and the other on your left. But Jesus answered by saying to them, you don't know what you are asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering that I am about to drink? Oh, yes, they replied. We are able. And Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup. But I have no right to say who will sit on my right or my left. My father has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. You know, I, I, I love this. What you see here is, is James and John's mother coming to ask Jesus for her children. Now, it's interesting because when we start to think about the ambition of, of, of James here, we need to realise that um, it's also the ambition of James's mother. You know, as parents, and I, I want to kind of say, as parents, we have great hopes, and, you know, we do have great hopes, and we do have great ambitions for our children, don't we? You know, we, we want our children to succeed. We want our children to be the best they possibly can. And guess what? James and John's mother is doing exactly this. You know, can, can you see your mum's coming up and going, I want them to have the best job. I want them to have the best seat here. You know, we want the best for our kids. We want them to succeed. We'll do whatever it takes to give them the best opportunity to succeed and have a great life. But see, the interesting thing here, and it's an interesting thing for our families as well, no matter how great our ambitions are for our kids, our kids have got to have the same ambition in order for that to come about and be real, doesn't it? You know, you can bring them... It's, it's almost like taking a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. They've got to have that same ambition. And James and John... 
they had the same ambition as mum. They wanted to see this. And see, I love what Jesus actually does with, with this request. He, he doesn't go, okay, yeah, fair enough. But he, he, he asks them, do they have what it takes to do what their mother is actually asking? Do they have what it takes? And they wholeheartedly respond with, yes, we do. Now, this is ambition talking, isn't it? This is ambition. To, let, 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 me, let me paint you a picture, a different scene. Not, not, not back there with James and John, but a different scene. One in our modern world. You're at a job interview. And it's for a new important role. You know, vice president of something or other. You know, let's just make it up on the spot. And, and the interviewer is asking you, <clears throat> do you have what it takes to do this job? Have you got the prerequisite? Have you got the drive? Have you got the, the nous to do this job? And your response is, yes, I do. And this is how I have it. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to bring. This is who I am. I'll tell you how. See, the interviewer is looking for ambition, for a person to say, yes, I can do the job and this is how I'm going to fulfil it. Yes, I'm going to do it. The interviewer is not going, well, waiting for somebody to come along and go, mm, well, I think I can do the job. Eh, maybe. You know, if you said, if somebody's saying, I want you to do a job and you go, well, I'm not sure I can or oh, I don't really feel like it, you know, maybe, what do you think would happen? You wouldn't get the job, would you? There's got to be a certain level of drive. There's got to be a certain level of ambition. And you've got to look for it. And this is what the brothers had. This is what James had and John had. They, they had ambition to be there. James thinks he has, he knows what it's going to take to fulfil the crest. And Jesus even says, yes, you will actually suffer for me. Yes, you will actually have that. In fact, it's actually interesting because, because James is actually the first of the apostles, first of the disciples to be martyred. So if we, went, if we go into um, the, the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 12, and we just have a look, verse 1 to 3. About that time, King Herod Agrippa began to persecute some of the church. He had the, he had the apostle James, John's brother, Notice how they keep on putting them together, just so you know who it is. Um, killed with a sword. And when Herod saw how much this pleased the Jewish people, he also arrested Peter. And this took place during the Passover celebrations. So can you, can you see, even in that request, ambitious request to be seated at the left hand and right hand of Jesus, and their willingness to say, yes, we have got what it takes. Jesus says, yes, you will suffer. You will taste this bitter thing, and that is the martyrship of James. I want to say this to you. Ambition is not a bad thing. Sometimes, you know, in our culture, sometimes we say ambition can be really bad. But ambition is not in itself a bad thing. It's what we actually strive for that can often lead us in the wrong direction. So kind of keep this in mind. So we can be ambitious, but it's about where we are going. And for James, when he came to, when James's mother came to Jesus and asked, 
to be seated at the left and right hand. This was James, full of ambition because of who he was. He thought he was important enough. He came from a family of wealth. He came from a family of influence and he thought he had it there. He had ambition, drive, but the problem was it was misplaced. James was ambitious because who he was, but he became ambitious because of actually who Jesus was. His ambition changed. His nature changed. He was ambitious to tell the world about Jesus Christ. The interesting thing is James was not only ambitious, but he was also courageous. He was willing to go out and do something, you know, to, to be involved. And, and often, you know, and I love the disciples. I, I love looking at them because so often they do something and they get it wrong. And I, I like how we often will do things and we get it wrong as well. You know, they do something and Jesus goes, no, 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 this is not the way. This is the way. You know, um, Simon called Peter did that all the time. You know, not the only apostle. James did this. Let's have a look at a time uh, when, when they were kind of showing a bit of courage and, and zeal and ambition and wanting to get there and, you know, allow the kingdom to really be a part of the community around them, willing to put their life on the line for Jesus. Let's just jump in and um, have a look at uh, Luke's Gospel. When the days were approaching for his ascension, um, he was determined, this is Jesus, was determined to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him and they went and entered a village um, of the Samaritans to make arrangements for him. But they did not receive him because he was travelling towards Jerusalem. So, you know, um, picture this. Jesus and his disciples were heading towards Jerusalem and they were trying to get into each and every little place and, and villages and, and, and tell them the story of, of Jesus Christ and, and call people to, to come to, back to God in their lives. And, they, and they're coming to this village in Samaria and they've sent out people to go try and make arrangements for them to come to go and visit there and the villagers go, no, we don't want anything from you. We don't want you to come along. And they say, no. And that's where we have this story. So when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command, I love this, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them all up? You know, do you, let's smoke them because they didn't accept you. There's a bit of courage there to come up and say with that. There's a bit of ambition there, there's a bit of zeal there. So, you know, I, I said he was a passionate person. But then Jesus turned and rebuked the brothers and said, you do not know what kind of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, he did not come to destroy people's lives, but to save them. Notice the rebuke and turn around and change this. And then they went on to another village. You know, any way we cut it, James was full of ambition. He was full of courage. And often this courage 
and ambition was a bit misdirected. But it was ambition and courage nonetheless, wasn't it? But it was Jesus that then steered them to get into the correct direction. Because Jesus came to save, not to destroy. I love that. Jesus came to save, not destroy. You know, it's, it's much easier to destroy things and destroy people's lives than it is to actually save things and save people's lives. You know, time and time again, I hear this time and time again. You know, it, it, all we need is one negative to destroy something. And it cuts across all of the positive things. It's much easier to destroy than it is to save. And so it takes ambition and it takes courage to build up, to save people. Ambition and courage are good things if you've got them heading in the right direction. See, James was ambitious and courageous. And, I, and what I love about this is, is Jesus actually calls people for who they are. They call them out and use the gifts and their talents and their personality of who they are for the benefit of the kingdom of God. Jesus called James knowing that he was ambitious. Jesus called James knowing he was courageous. Jesus called him and moulded him and directed him in the right direction. And God calls us, each and every one of us, with who we are. You know, we may have our ambitions, we may have our courage. Just as Jesus calls James, God is calling you too. Maybe, maybe God is actually calling you right now. Calling you to be courageous, to take a stand to save people's lives for the sake of Jesus Christ. To show them the love of God found in Jesus. Maybe God is calling you to be ambitious for the sake of the gospel, to do something amazing to spread the good news of Jesus, not to sit back and hope that it's going to happen, but be ambitious and get in and get involved and make it happen. See, ambition and courage will lead you to take those bold steps for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of Jesus Christ. Because God is speaking into your hearts today. God is calling you. God is calling you to be a disciple. God is calling you to be courageous. God is calling you to be ambitious. Maybe God is actually saying to you today that you need to be more courageous for the sake of the gospel. Maybe God is saying to you today that you need to actually take a big, ambitious step. Be bold for the sake of the gospel. Because God places plans on each and every one of our hearts. God places plans for you and me. And God wants us to be ambitious, wants us to have that drive to carry on, to carry out the plans God has placed there. But, but it takes courage. It takes ambition to do the work that God is actually asking you. But see, what happens is God places these big plans in our hearts, plans that require that not only do you have courage, not only do you have ambition, but they are so big that you have to trust God for completion. You need to place your trust in God. You can't do them on the own. 
the big, audacious, ambitious, courageous step that God is calling you to do will require the Holy Spirit, will require the Holy Spirit to complete it within you. So let's just pray together. Let's just pray that we may be ambitious, that we may be courageous, we may be audacious, that we may be disciples of Jesus Christ. And that the call of God is upon our lives. So let's just pray. Oh God, we just ask that today, as you call us, as you called the disciples so long ago, as you called James, you called him for who he was. And Lord, you call each and every one of us today to be a disciple for who we are. Lord, help us to be courageous. Help us to be ambitious for the sake of the gospel. Our Lord, speak into our lives. Place plans upon our hearts that we may be willing to follow, to spread the good news in amazing and powerful ways because you are drawing us and challenging us and guiding us and giving us the ambition and courage and the Holy Spirit to make these happen. May your plans be our plans. May we be called to be your disciples today, tomorrow, and always. Amen.